Hey, before we start today, you're going to notice a little bit of a different vibe, different intro. As soon as I finished recording this episode for like the third time, I went over to social media, which I've been breaking from, and I had a memory pop up where Susan was thanking me and Vicky, our friend, for coming to the United Cerebral Palsy Zumbathon fundraiser. We danced on stage with her in the mall. In the middle of the food court, we did Zumba. <laughs> And she was thanking us for coming out to support. It was one of those, like, on-this-day memories. Just, like, every everything that I can't think of is what I'm going to be just going on about in my mind as soon as I publish this episode. I'm just going to start off by saying the vibe here is different. Susan wrote horror books, so the intro is, like, a little more of an intro that you might hear in a horror movie. Um, just, there were so many memories with Susan that I couldn't even touch on all of them. Like, I didn't even go into details of her Halloween party where we did karaoke. Just so many amazing memories with this woman. Um, so the vibe here is a little different. The mood here is a little different. Just bear with me. I know it's called Happy Hamstrings and it's a little bit more of a melancholy mood here. I took my time and waited about a week to be able to get this off my chest. And I'm sure that other memories besides just this Zumbathon fundraiser she did for UCP, I'm sure other stuff will come up. I just wanted to let you know that I'm not sad always. It's just a very serious moment in my life where I had to get this chapter off my chest of dealing with the loss. So I still hope you enjoy the episode as I talk about how fantastic Susan is. And also be sure to check out the link to her website is in the description. So make sure you check out her books as well. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome to Happy Hamstrings. This is Julie Brown. I'm podcasting from Alabama in the USA, and I wanted to do another episode today so that I could do a tribute to my friend Susan. I'm actually going to just put her website in the description of this podcast so that you can check out her books for yourself. Um, I've already tried to record this episode once, and it's probably a good thing that Anchor deleted it by accident. It just sort of vanished. If you use this app, let me know if that happens to you. Like, 40 minutes, boom. It's just gone for no reason. It just evaporated into the app. Um, it's probably fine. It's better, it's better to start over when I feel like I'm so scattered just trying to think about this. Today is Tuesday, September the 21st, 2021. And I only have one class tonight. And I thought this would be the best time to just sit down and make some time to talk to you all about Susan, who, by the way, I wanted to have as a guest on this podcast. And I've waited too long because now that she's no longer with us, that was my folly um, and my hesitation because she had a lot of different opinions and I wanted to hear her take on it just one thing at a time. Some people would have called her, like, 
conspiracy theorist because some of her posts were taken down. But she had very bold opinions. And Facebook doesn't like you to have bold opinions. She felt like the totalitarians, totalitarians, people with the money trying to keep us apart, trying to make us be more separated, trying to increase the separation between us, which to some degree it's pretty visible. It's really hard to talk about this because we were friends for so long. So long we were friends. And I can't even remember how many years ago it was that she moved out of Alabama. Um, I was really sad when she moved away, but I always thought that I'd see her again. And we would send each other art. So we would write each other messages online and we were still keeping in touch. Um, I sent her a painting and then she sent me a postcard with some art on it, which... Of course, I will treasure everything that I've gotten from Susan. So I'll start from the beginning. I met Susan about 2007. I believe that was the year I was in South Pacific. So South Pacific was a huge musical here, local. It was a community. If you're familiar with the show, it's a Rogers and Hammerstein show and when I auditioned, I didn't even think I got the part right away. Um, somehow I got the part. I don't even really know still how did that even happen. But I feel like Robin had a lot to do with that. <laughs> Rob Yogi Robin, who's been on some of these episodes of this podcast. She's the one who told me to go down and audition. And at the second rehearsal, and I was teaching fitness like 530 every day. I think it was step aerobics. The timeline of what I taught when, I think that was step aerobics so long ago. Um, I remember sitting at that second rehearsal and I was sitting right beside Susan. I really didn't know anybody there besides Robin. And I had met Robin as she was coming to my belly dance classes. I was teaching belly dance once a week, I believe. They announced 11 shows in three weeks for South Pacific. And I distinctly remember saying, oh my God, I think that I've just heard them, like, but I heard them wrong because it sounded like they said we're doing this show 11 times. <laughs> it's like a three and a half hour show. It's all volunteer work. And Susan said, no, it's three weeks. It's 11 shows. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, you got to think I was, for 21 years of my life, I was unloading trucks, loading trucks, packing boxes, lifting boxes, just Heavy work all day long, lifting, bending, stooping, all that, and then teaching fitness. And I was like, oh, my God, that's going to be, I knew right away. I was like, that's going to be so much work. <laughs> like, We're doing 20 hours a week of just rehearsals. And I said, I don't know, like, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't do this. Like, I started having cold feet, as it were. I said, maybe I should just, maybe I should just back out now and they can give this part to somebody who's like, got more free time I thought and I said I don't know if I can do this and Susan was like oh no you can't quit now we need you we need you she said she really talked me into it like we need to have 12 nurses it almost seemed like she made it sound like they weren't going to be able to replace me or whatever and I mean I know that they could have <laughs> and just the fact that she was one of the tap dancers and she really seemed like she wanted me in it she she wanted my support and she asked for it and I was like okay okay you know like I, I kind of resolved right then and there like okay let's do this 
and it was, it turned out to be one of the most interesting shows and learning experiences of my whole life. In fact, when I put on that outfit for the last show, I almost burst into tears because I knew that even if I was in a million other shows, I mean, I'm just saying, if no matter how many shows you're in, it's never, ever going to be the same group, the same troupe. It's always going to be a different group and troupe. It's going to be a different show, a different group. And I was like, it's never going to be this again. Like, this is the last time. I loved it so much. We had the perfect woman for the, oh my gosh, I can't even remember the name of the woman, the character that does the Bali High song. Um, just all the characters were cast so perfectly is what I'm trying to say. We had tap dancing numbers. We had uh, Stefan as one of the tap dancers and Susan Sullivan was one of the tap dancers. They had me and uh, our, my friend Robin that taught me into doing it. We were doing like a little belly dancing thing and the grass skirts and they had us do all these different, like, they, it seemed like they would change things, like, so much right before we opened, like, in fact, I remember right before we opened, the director, Kim, she changed everything that we had rehearsed as far as one of the scenes, she changed all of the, all of the blocking, like, right before opening, and then she pulled us all aside and said, I know I just changed everything before we open, so don't complain, just get out there with, a good attitude and just do this and then it's going to be a great show and she was right it was a great show it was probably one of the best things cast ever did but since I haven't seen all of the things that the cast group has done it's hard for me to know a lot of people argue that Oklahoma was the best I didn't go see that so that was my first experience with Susan is I got to know her a lot at the rehearsals because obviously if you spend 20 hours a week um, with us being just like the, we were just like chorus girls. There were 12 chorus girls. It was a huge cast. There was a lot of downtime for us in between where they would say, okay, we're going to use this group. We're going to practice with that group. And a lot of the show is not the chorus girls. <laughs> Somehow I think we had like 13 songs because she kept adding. And at some point she was like, Okay, and then and then when we sing Bali High, you're all of the chorus girls and all the chorus is going to go behind the, the screen, the big dark screen, and they're going to sing. They, like, wrote in some, ooh, like, back background singing. And I was like, oh, my God, they just keep adding to our songs. And it's not like I didn't love it. It just seemed like it kept becoming more and more songs and more dance and then changes. And everything that she did, though, Kim Dobbs was our director. She had a really good reason. It was because she was very experienced and she really knew what she was doing because she had done all kinds of different theater and there was always like a method to her madness. She was really good about not wasting our time. So like if she was done with the chorus girls, she would say, okay, rehearsal's not over. Um, if you're in this and that scene, you stay. If you're chorus, you can go home. Like, sometimes she would dismiss us early if she just wanted to work with, like, the main characters. Because we weren't, like, the chorus girls aren't the main characters. Um, it was fun. It was super fun. It was a great learning experience for me. Um, especially since I'm not much of a frou-frou girl. Doing hair and makeup a lot um, isn't my thing. <laughs> it was just... 
a great time in my life, I would think. It was a great way for me to, there was a lot of things going on in my life, and it was kind of a great way for me to escape a lot of the negative things that I was kind of hiding from mentally, that I was afraid to speak up about. Um, I won't even go into that time of my life or the things that was bothering me because it's all just way too heavy and dark, and I don't want to bring that on here for this. But when I would go to the show and when you get in the, into the stage and all this, you just, you don't think about all this other stuff a lot. It may come up, but it's like you have to keep your focus on if you're about to go on stage and perform 13 songs for 11 shows. So it was just, it was just something else. And the vocal lessons, the vocal warmups, all that, it was a lot of work. I would honestly say that um, I became very protective and defensive of the theater community family. Like if someone would say, oh, well, I can't do that because like I have a life and a family, I would get kind of mad. I would just look at them like, are you saying that everyone that you appreciate on stage doesn't have a family and a life? Like that's kind of that's kind of harsh. Like, all of the people in the show that you're watching, every time you watch a live performance, they have devoted time and they've sacrificed time away from their family to bring you that show. So, it just gave me, like, a newfound appreciation for something that I really, truly already loved. Um, I fell in love with theater a long time ago. I mean, I've got the little drama faces on my classroom because I took theater in school. And I started loving theater when we got extra points for going to see Shakespeare. And I was like, oh, this is just going to get me extra points in English because my grades were down. And I went up there to the JSU Theater and I found out that I loved it up there. Just being able to watch a real show, a real performance without having to drive to Atlanta. That is such a blessing. So fast forward um, a little time at the end of the cast show, Susan Sullivan has us all over. We did a, we did a cast party at like a restaurant, like an official one. But at the closing, we had like the after party at Susan's house. She had this big, beautiful, purple Victorian house. Just imagine a, a very gorgeous, beautiful Victorian home, true Victorian home painted purple. It was just like something out of a dream. It was just like a dream come true. She had this pool in the back with a little waterfall in it. She had this big hot tub in the back so we could get in the hot tub if we wanted to. Uh, she served all kinds of food and she had wine and she had, she had all the beverages. She had everything ready for the party. Um, it was, she literally threw us the perfect party for the closing of South Pacific. And we had a great time there. Um, just, she had this really cute, I have to tell you this too, she had this really cute Halloween village. The way that some people put up a little Christmas village, <laughs> Susan had a Halloween village with all kinds of like moving mine carts and just everything. It had everything, everything. It was so cute. Just the more I think about it, the more I miss her. And then she gave me the tour of her home and upstairs, she had one room that she devoted just for her writing. So she had one room, think about this, just one room was for nothing but writing and books, where she wrote her scary stories. And her scary stories, by the way, sometimes are very funny. Um, 
I'm thinking it was like cobwebs all over the wall. Not real ones. I'm talking painted like a mural. So she had it painted up all creepy and the lights were different. Like the walls were dark. She had her horror writing room creepy. It blew my mind. I remember looking around that room like, wow, like I can't believe this is even real. Like I'm standing in here where she writes these horror books and it looks like a horror movie. <laughs> so it was so fun to get to, to know her. She had a lot of animals. She loved animals. She saved possums. Uh, she gave me a different outlook on how possums really are because they have a bad rep. And she realized that they were just uh, kind animals. She actually fostered some and took care of them, which that surprised me. Um, just she was always full of surprises. And also several years ago, I got to go to her book signing, which was at the Jacksonville Public Library, and she had everyone that came to her book signing listen to her read part of her book, The Haunted Housewives of Alistair, Alabama, which Alistair was inspired by this town, and you can kind of tell when you're reading the book, it even sounds like this town, and then she had us all sing, everybody that was at this book signing, she had us all sing part of a song that she had written called fried zombie delight <laughs> she had this hilarious take on just horror and humor and horror i'm just taking a sip of my cappuccino i'm not gonna get too emotional i don't want to get all emotional on this episode because i really love i loved susan um and she's always gonna hold a special place in my heart it was somewhere around the year 2013 when I had the option to either go to a pound fit training or I decided I could wait and go to another one, a second one, because at the same day as the first one available in Atlanta, Susan was offering people that worked with me at the gym because she started working with me at the gym, teaching Zumba, teaching water aerobics. She offered up like a free workshop of teaching water, how to teach water aerobics. And she had a lot of experience. So she gave me a ton of tools that day. She put tools in my toolbox on how to become the best water aerobics instructor. She spent a whole day totally free, totally helped me. And I used those tools when I did personal training. I used those tools to teach water aerobics at that time, not now, but maybe in the future too. And she taught me a lot about water fitness and the science behind it and how it's not just for elderly people. It's for everybody. It's beneficial for everybody, especially for joint mobility. Just, I'm so glad that I did that. But then later, this is the frustrating part. Later, people kept on about, um, so-and-so the, doing the first training of this and so-and-so doing the first training of that. Like, did I need to rush into another training if I had one for free? Like, I don't know. I don't think I should have. I was like, just because I was a few months later and then I got to train here in this town instead of driving to Atlanta to become some brand of an instructor. I mean... I don't know. I don't, I, did, I, I shouldn't feel like every certification is a race is what I'm trying to say. Like it shouldn't be a race. We should all be able to pace ourselves with our education at our own rate. Like 
work at your own level, at your own pace. Especially when I saved a ton of gas by waiting because I didn't have to drive out of town. It just eventually came to our town. So that was short-lived, the pound fit thing. Um, because they kept pushing and pushing for more instructors. Then it seemed like there was instructors everywhere. And Susan, like, enjoyed the fact that we had pound, but she didn't ever teach it. She was more of Zumba and water aerobics enthusiast. She really loved yoga. She was a great yoga teacher. She had the kundalini tattoo at the base of her spine. She was very, very passionate about yoga. And the ways that she and I differed on the views of the pandemic is maybe because I'm a little, like, germaphobic. I'm a little over the top with my concern for it. She felt like it was all blown out of proportion to kind of keep people under control, like a controlled thing, like they were trying to turn us into communists. Um, she didn't come right out. I'm trying to remember exactly how she articulated it. I don't really want to go back into her posts and try to find that stuff. But she had sent me some stuff where basically... There was a doctor speaking, and this woman had worked with companies, and she says she was going to be in trouble for what she said, and the feed would get cut, and that woman was very bold, and that's somebody that Susan really appreciated, but um, let's see if I can even find this doctor's name. Uh, Carrie Madej, M-A-D-E-J. Uh, she was talking about working for a company as a doctor. And when they would find a cure, they would be like, oh, well, we've cured something. We have to trash this because there's no money in the cure. Um, and she was pretty open about, like, exposing companies for doing that. Like, they don't want the cure. They want to keep people sick. They keep you on medication to keep you ill, to keep you paying money. Because if you are well, you don't have to pay the pharmaceuticals. If the pharmaceutical people don't get money, then they don't eat. So they're not wanting people to be well. And also... Uh, one of the things that that same doctor talked about was the very, uh, very specific part of us that allows us to be connected as humans, that they, meaning the government, wants us to not have our connections with each other. And Susan would share these videos from that woman with me. And honestly, I shared one with one friend before we both got vaccinated to kind of consider the the circumstances of both sides because I wanted to I did a lot of research before June when I got my shot so I wanted to educate myself and then I sent that actually I sent that video to two different people and one had just graduated as a nurse and I said can she not um can she not get arrested for this you know the way they're censoring people that they're pretty much saying these things about the, sh the shot's going to take away our ability to be connected. And then the, the woman who had just become a nurse said, no, she could lose her, her doctorate, though. She could lose her ability to practice medicine or whatever she's got as far as her degrees. So I found that very interesting. And Susan was all about, like, they're trying to turn us into a communist nation type of attitude. And I see a lot of things happening where that it seems like they do want to control us like they be in the government they want to control our ability to connect so in that part of it and trying to make us not be connected and try to not make us be well 
I agree with that part. But as far as like COVID's reality, yes, I also see the reality that a whole lot of people have died from this. So I don't really take it lightly in a way. Like I'm not going to try to, what I'm trying to say is I'm not going to discourage people from being vaccinated. I want everybody to be able to make their own choices though. Like I'm not trying to be a part of a nation where everything is mandated. Um, I want us to still have our voice, our choice. Um, your choice is your voice, right? So I really like, I would say I admired Susan's brutal honesty when she would post up some of these things that she would post. Of course, uh, she'd post something and Facebook take it down and then she'd come back and she'd use like little symbols. <laughs> Like, she'd still make the post again, but she would uh, misspell things and use little symbols in the words that she knew the words and specific phrases and things were getting flagged. So she would misspell things on purpose. And then she was like, yes, I know I'm misspelling this on purpose because she didn't want her post to get uh, censored again. Just, wow, just, <laughs> just so brassy. Um after she moved away, she and I exchanged messages a lot, and we would send each other art in the mail. I sent her a painting of a witch that I did at a paint party that I thought was very, it was very comic book looking, so I was like, this cartoony witch or whatever, it has to go to Susan for her, her comic horror, and she sent me a postcard, and she had drawn some art on it, just I think I've already said that. It's really hard for me to remember what I've already said because I've recorded this episode a few times. I may be losing my voice teaching 15 classes a week. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Another thing is if you've ever seen me post up my certifications, um, there is a embroidered framed woman hanging in the middle and Susan gave me that. She didn't embroider it, but it's a little woman and it says Julie and it's embroidered on a little frame. She found it at a thrift shop. Susan loved thrift shops, and when she found that, she thought it rather looked like me, so she got me this little embroidered thing that said Julie, and I've always treasured it because it was from her, and since she inspired my fitness so much, I've always kept that hanging really close to my certifications right there on the wall. It's kind of like the centerpiece to my certifications, if you will. Um, there's just... There's nothing that I can say bad about Susan. She was outspoken. I loved that about her. She was real. Like, she was always really real. She would never be like that fake positivity you see in so many people. She was never sugarcoating things. She would always just tell it like it is. Um, she was also very funny. If you read her books, you'll find that she was very funny just a hilarious fun person um dancer choreographer artist um writer just everything um just I, I can't even think what what is it that she couldn't she could probably do anything she could have done anything and it was always good to have conversations with her because she was one of those people that when you sit down and talk to them and then you really feel like you've meshed and had a great time talking to them, I always felt like 
she left a good positive impact in my life and as my perspective as a teacher um, she was always the kind of teacher that I wanted to be like um, just bringing the fun just making it fun keeping everything lighthearted, and the the yoga teacher I have Michelle would always talk about being an open container and Susan very much was an open container open for anything whatever people needed from her that's what she would bring like she was knowledgeable and just a fun person in general. Just everything about Susan. She was so amazing. On a different note, um, Yogi Becky, who's been on here a few times, is having total knee replacement today. So be thinking about her and her healing process. Hopefully the surgery goes perfectly and her recovery goes quickly. It is just so... Um, it's so amazing how time flies by. It's already September 21st, and soon it will be October. Um, if you haven't caught my last few episodes, I'm teaching a new class at the Jacksonville Community Center, and that's going great. And they they love working with me. Everything there is going so good so far. Um, as far as everything else, um, I did talk about applying for a job at a clothing store that I had mixed feelings about. However, um, after the interview, I got the rejection letter. I have no idea why. I guess because of my limited availability. I thought I could pick up weekends and Tuesdays. Like today's Tuesday. I've got loads of free time. I'm just going to use it for taking care of things. It's just... Um, when your schedule has you working like 6 a.m., noon, 7 p.m., 8 p.m., it's hard to put your availability as a whole shift because of that, because of the way that not only is my schedule sporadic and all over the place, uh, sometimes I'm driving up to Jacksonville like three times and that is like so much gasoline. <laughs> like Maybe I should just park up there and just stay in the hot tub all day uh, and work out. Um, it's just that it seems like a long time to be there if I just stayed from like get up at 5 a.m., leave for the gym, get home at 9 p.m. I mean, I need to come home for a break. Um, Robin's been very kind to offer that one of these days when I need a break, I can always just take a little break at her place because she lives kind of closer to where I work, which thank you if you're listening, Robin. I will probably take you up on that very soon. <laughs> Gasoline has gotten very expensive lately. <laughs> I just wanted to come on here and just thank you all for listening because even though I have a very small audience, I want you to know that I really appreciate you for listening because you could be anywhere doing anything, listening to anything. And you're here with me. That means like so much to me. And I thank you for it. I'm just sitting here having my cappuccino and talking my head off about Susan and how much I'm going to miss her. Um, of course, the memories are always there of the book signing, of the day she taught me how to teach water aerobics of all the musicals that we did together. Just when she was in Once Upon a Mattress, I wasn't in that show, but I was at almost all the rehearsals making costumes. I made her hat. I made so much other stuff. She brought her own costume to that one, by the way. She had a perfect dress already in her closet. And I remember doing the costumes for Once Upon a Mattress that really, really stressed me out. <laughs> it was like... 
<laughs> it was like a, it felt like a hundred costumes in that show. Um, it's just too much. It's just too much to take on, which is why I'm not trying to do theater anymore because volunteer work needs to be delegated to people who have loads of time and gas money. <laughs> I miss it dearly. I really miss it dearly. I'm not just saying that. Um, but if it wasn't for cast and working at that facility where I taught fitness, I wouldn't have had such a great connection with Susan. So I'm super grateful for cast. I'm super, super grateful for the city uh, rec center facility that I used to work for, even though they don't employ me currently. I'm trying to get them to bring me back. If anybody knows anybody in the city of Anniston and they're very important and you're listening, help me get my job back, please, because I have renewed my spinning. Um, I heard that they've got spinning classes still going on. And I haven't heard anything. I even reached out to the person I thought that needed to know. Like, hey, I've got my registered yoga teacher 500-hour designation. I got my spinning. And just crickets, just crickets. Just like the retail job that I didn't want that was seasonal, part-time, temporary work. Just rejection after rejection. It's, it's almost like... I've gotten so many rejections lately that the, something's got to give, like something's got to change. <laughs> I've got to find something, like something's got to give. Um, like whatever happens, it's going to line up for me. Like I have to believe the stars will align in my favor at some point. It's just got to happen. So I'm just going to take a deep breath, <sighs> let it out. Whatever you're doing today, I hope you can move forward into your day um, with inspiration. I hope you can have as much vivacious, like that tenacious attitude that Susan brings, just the big smiles. You're never going anywhere without your smile, hopefully. And remember that peacefulness is our true nature. No matter what the TV and news tries to feed us, we need to accept and understand that there is the ability within us. We have the ability to be peaceful, to be centered, to find a way to even out and be happy. So thank you so much again for listening. If you love this, feel free to share it. Be happy, be healed, be free, and be inspired and inspire other people. Namaste. Thank you.